Hey everybody, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you another amazing episode of the podcast, because I'm nothing if not a shameless self-promoter, which is basically just the nature of the business now, uh, if I were making any money off of this, which I'm not, so I don't care. Um, That's not true, I care a great deal. Uh, I care so much, uh, some would say mostly, you know, a bit obsessively, that uh, I decided to uh, bring together uh, two of my recurring panelists, JP and James, to talk about the DC... Uh, the DC Cinematic Universe, I guess, or Entertainment Universe, however they're labeling it these days. Um, So basically the DC Comics Cinematic Universe. Uh, This was initially going to be a a Man of Steel, like just solely Man of Steel episode, but uh, it turns out we just kind of were veering more towards uh, the speculation uh, of what was going to come from the DC Cinematic Universe, or uh, going forward in terms of not just, you know, Batman versus Superman, but uh, also Wonder Woman and possibly Aquaman and The Flash and Justice League and whatnot. So it turned into a lot more of that. Um, we were trying to stay as balanced as possible. I know in, in other episodes we have gone off the rails a bit in our mutual, um, I want to say disdain or frustration is probably the better word for Man of Steel and uh, the burgeoning DC Cinematic Universe. So this was us us, uh, just getting together, trying to kind of sort these feelings out, and I wanted to put this this out there before the official premiere of Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, which uh, has started to, some reviews have been rolling in uh, from, you know, the press who have already seen it. Um, It doesn't come out as of the recording of this intro. Uh, Technically, it won't come out until Thursday, I believe. So I just wanted to get that out there before now, before then. Uh, hopefully, you know, we entertain you as much as we kind of touch on some subjects that, you know, as DC Comics fans, which uh, JP, James, and I are, are mostly centered around, uh, we, you know, we want this to be good. We don't, we don't want it to suck. We want good things because these are the characters that we we love and are the most familiar with. So take that as you will. Uh, hopefully you come out of it with a little bit more insight into how our thought processes work, if you don't already know it. And uh, sit back, enjoy episode 61, That Girl with the Curls. it plays well with others. Yeah, no. It's pretty great that way. <laughs> Isn't it fun when technology doesn't work? Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Sam, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, well, I've been sick the last couple days, and then I'm on the hotel Wi-Fi using Skype on my phone with no headset, so... Oh, Do you want to keep? Do you want to do this, or do you want to? 
<laughs> yeah, listen, you guys will just tell me if it's too fucked up, so. No, you, you sound like you have, like, a really deep voice now. <laughs> no, I don't believe it's JP. Like, you'll be like, I'm JP, and they'll be like, That's, there's no way. I don't, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, let me tell you, so, James and I were supposed to podcast the last two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even speak without, like, my whole head hurting. Oh. Oh, it's one of those. It's, like, one of those nasty head colds where your, like, sinuses are all plugged and just makes everything in your face hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it it was so weird because it started with, like, this migraine that became, like, this full body ache. And I'm like, this is, like, terrible. And I'm going on vacation. No, that's that's when when I got sick for those two weeks. It started with like just a full full body ache, like just a whole thing, and then it turned into a head cold with a cough, and then the cough almost became bronchitis. But I think it finally just was like, nah, I give up. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> it's like I think I put you through too much. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you so much, Sam, for coming out for my birthday. Oh I had so yeah, much fucking fun. Like what? seriously. No, I I love it. You know, I I wish I could. I wish I drove up to Bellingham more often. But you know, this yeah. thing is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no. Honestly, like I think the best part of it, uh, I have to agree with Tiff, is when we all just fucking hung out, like up on the twenty fourth floor. Yes, of of my building, of my lovely yeah. building. <laughs> we just sat there and just bullshitted about fucking Zack Snyder being a douchebag. Oh, good. So we can just rehash most of that. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. funny because I've got I've got a lot of coworkers who keep bringing it up. Zack like, Snyder is a douchebag or the the movie. He's just like he's like you excited and I'm like no <laughs> no I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> he's like really and I'm like really. I was like I mean I really want filmographically. Mm-hmm. Oh JP drop. Oh. Um, filmographically I want it to be a good movie. Yeah. But as far as comic like I already told Paul like I told him I was like. <laughs> I have already come to the conclusion I'm going to hate every aspect of this movie from a comic book standpoint for the most part. Like, there mm-hmm. might be a few things that I'm like, oh, that was that was okay, that was good, but relatively I'm going to be like, yeah, no, fuck this. I'm not going to like it for, for, for that part of it. Yeah. Like, I've accepted this. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've got, I mean, I don't know, like, I'm I'm... I want to. I want to be able to enjoy it. Like, at mm-hmm. the very least, I want to enjoy the Batman portion of it. <laughs> I want Ben Affleck's Batman to be fantastic, and I I really want Henry Cavill to be fine as an actor. But I really, I think we're just gonna we're I think we're gonna have the exact same stu- Superman we had in Man of Steel, except you know, I killed somebody, so now I know killing's bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that article. <laughs> just just the very fact that you could do like a, a practically like an oral history of Zack Snyder. Like pulling back on his explanation, <laughs> or it's just like, well, first he was like, oh, well, you know, we we really tried, you know, to do this, and that. like he tried to go from an artistic point of view, and then it just slowly devolved into being just overly defensive <laughs> against like, fans. Dude, we get it. You you like what you did. Mm-hmm. All you had to say is, you know what? I stand by what I made. Well, and just leave it. <laughs> that, just fucking walk away. 
the whole thing when they when it started off and they were talking about like what they were originally planning to do was you know with sending Zod into the Phantom Zone. It's like yes, that's what you should have done because that would have also given you the opening for potential sequels with Zod showing up. It's like and 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 Feora and what uh, the other dude and and even if you had managed to get like Professor Hamilton in there, you know he could have shown up again too because then. And we even could have gotten, like, a true, a true-to-life, like, death of Superman. Mm. Like, because I feel, I, I feel, ugh, <laughs> I kind of feel like they're trying to, like, because for me, what's the point of introducing Doomsday, mm-hmm. any version thereof, and not kill Superman? What? What's the point? And that's the like, thing, like, they're they're doing this whole thing where it's like, first of all, they're trying to, they're basing a, a two-hour movie, two-and-a-half-hour movie, on three pages in an, what is ostensibly an Elseworlds tale. You know, if you if you look at Frank Miller's work, I mean, I think at one point, yeah, Year One and uh, Dark Knight Returns were kind of treated like canon, like, to a, to a degree, but over time, it has become essentially an Elseworlds Elseworlds tale as they do more reboots and, you know, reimaginings and retcons and all that kind of shit. So it's no longer, like, within its within a timeline that connects to anything, you know? Right. And so they're trying to do that, and then they're trying to throw Doomsday into it, and it's just like, why are you... Why? <laughs> why? You don't need Doomsday. You have fucking Lex Luthor who should be your main villain to begin with. Uh, See, I'm just, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for them to just jump on the bandwagon. Like, boom, Justice League. Who's our villain? Maxwell Lord, who we don't even know. What's going to happen? We're just going to kill him. We're going <laughs> to make Superwoman kill him. Just boom. Like it happens in the comics. Well, yeah, but we're going to have zero context. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> no, and that, and that's the thing, too, is that, I mean, that, that story ends with, with Wonder Woman snapping his neck. And it's because she really has, like, no other option at that point because of his whole mind power bullshit. Well, yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like fucking Superman's being controlled, mm-hmm. and that's dangerous for everyone. Yes, it really is. And he's gonna... And I mean, Supes isn't happy about it. Like, when it happens, and, like, he, you know, and he's, like, out of the mind trance, and he's just like, what the fuck? And she's just like, I, I literally had no other choice. It was kill him Mm -hmm. or watch him make you rule the world like a god or wasn't he like he was almost gonna kill batman or something like that there was like a whole thing where he was he was basically like beating the shit up out of batman and about ready to kill him and so wonder woman's basically faced with this clearly no-win scenario like an actual one not like oh zod is kind of going after this group of people watch the best friend of batman Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe this turns out in the end with, you know, the, the rainbows and puppy dogs that Clark wants it to be. <laughs> or do I kill him rainbows and, puppy and dogs. ensure that it's the rainbows and puppy dogs ending, mm-hmm. but we simultaneously, like, stop this from ever happening, hopefully well, and it also set up a, an, an at least an interesting, you know, hang up in the in the relationship between the Trinity, where you know Wonder Woman is someone who 
you know, uh, will kill if she has to. But the thing is that she also finds another way. She's just less hung up about the actual killing part. She's like, no, if I have to, then I'll do it. Whereas Superman and Batman are more in that kind of like, I'll try to find another right. way. But and see, and that's and that's what I liked so much about Wonder Woman before the the, the reboot mm-hmm. um, was like that was her stance. It was like she has the capacity if needed. Mm-hmm. to do what's necessary and and put down an enemy permanently if, mm-hmm. if that's absolutely necessary. Whereas like, when they introduced new Wonder Woman, she was just like, I've got a sword, and I'm just going to cut motherfuckers. I don't care. Actually, I really liked uh, <laughs> I liked Azarello and Chang's Wonder Woman. <laughs> I, that, that's the thing. Like, I liked tons, there's tons of different you know storylines for Wonder Woman, and all of them have, I feel, uh, merit, at least. You know, they they touch on different aspects of her. And yeah, like they, they push the whole like, oh, she's a daughter of Zeus instead of made of clay. And she's, you know, the God of war now and all that. And yeah, I, I get people being tripped up about that, but I, I liked where they went with it. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind this version. They're just, they are different. There's mm-hmm. a very significant difference oh. between Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you go all the way back to Marston's version, and you're just like, oh, we have gotten so far away from this. <laughs> like, and, and God knows what she's going to actually end up being like in the Bats v. Soups court case. Uh... <laughs> from, from, I mean, from initial reports that I have, you know, from, I've been looking at, because I'm not sure if this is one of those movies that I care about being spoiled on before going in, or or if I want to be if I want to go in as clean as I possibly can, I mean, the trailers have done enough to already spoil like half the movie. <laughs> right. Like we, we basically know the setup of the first, the second and the third acts. Like we, we know the general like layout of how each one's going to go. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And uh, I think like, thanks for the roadmap. Jackass. It's like, awesome. Now we know that Luthor is going to do something with Zod's body that will result in a doomsday scenario. I feel like he, <laughs> left it at like trailer number two Mm -hmm. at the minimum like trailer number two just stop right there with everything you've given and just let the rest be a mystery but like they're like nope we're just progressively gonna keep showing exactly what's gonna go down in this movie (laughs) well and i feel like it either shows a lack of confidence in the overall product or whoever's making their trailers doesn't know what he's doing (laughs) Or she. I don't know. I don't know who's putting together the trailers. I'm just going to blame Zack Snyder for all of it. Okay. I would actually like to talk to somebody who is like a trailer editor, like a professional one in Hollywood, because I feel like that would be a fascinating conversation about story. And the fact is that, I mean, the trailer is what's supposed to get you excited for it. I mean, granted, there are tons of movies that just basically tell you what the whole story is in the entire trailer. But yeah, I mean, what's the drive and the motivation behind showing certain amounts? Like, mm-hmm. like is it a like is it more acceptable, so to speak? Like, if like if like deep down the casting crew are like, yeah, we didn't make a great movie. Guys. <laughs> mm. I feel like if I was the trailer editor, I would take a. Uh, comic book cover artist's take on it. Mm-hmm. Like, come up with the most garish, over-the-top thing that has nothing to do with the story whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that um, it would just really confuse and piss people off. 
<laughs> See, I'd be happy with that, I think. I'd be like, you know what? I went into this movie expecting so many other things. Mm-hmm. And now, I got none of that. Well, and it's a, in, in positive <laughs> or negative, like, I, was, I went into the experience just like, again, just now I've had to accept everything that just happened before me. Like, I went into this. Well, even like the the Mad Max Fury Road trailer, like that, that didn't really tell you a lot or, or anything really. I mean, it was just like really intense music with all, you know, all the like really big. Like, over here's our actors. Yeah. Well, it's like over the top scenes and everything. I mean, it just, there was no context for anything. It was just a bunch of images and like going, ha, 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 you know, just getting like more and more intense. And then it's like, you know, having it been years since I'd seen, you know, the the previous three Mad Maxes, I was just like, I'm essentially going into this completely clean. Like, I don't know what's going to go on. And it's either going to be awesomely bad or awesomely good. Like, judging by the trailer, you know? the I mean, it's similar with, like, the Captain America stuff. I mean, that those trailers are much more built on the fact that we've come to know these characters very well, you know, from all the the movies and everything. So it can go for an emotional standpoint, but still have some, you know, a lot of action in it because that's what we expect from, you know, the Marvel movies. But the crux of it is basically Tony and, and, and Cap coming to blows over, you know, pretty serious things. Right. (laughs) You know what? I think with the Batman v Superman, we pretty much understand what, what the movie is trying to do. We know who the villain is trying to is. We know what the underlying plot is. We understand what, from a universe perspective, Snyder's trying to get us to. Mm-hmm. With all the bore information, with all the previews, with all the shots, with everything we know is coming in Civil War, I still don't know what it means for the next movie. Yeah. And in that sense, I'm really kind of like happy because I feel because I was thinking about this uh, the other day um, the the interesting thing about Batman v Superman is that I, I don't feel like I will go into that movie and I already have my tickets bought mm-hmm. I don't feel like I will go into that movie and be surprised by anything that happens in it no yeah but I was but I always I always stop watching trailers after the second full trailer. Mm-hmm. Always. And so I think within the last couple of weeks, both Batman v Superman and Civil War released their big third trailer, right? Yeah. So I've been actively avoiding both. And in doing that, I was just thinking to myself, you know what? I might as well watch the Batman v Superman one because... It's not going to tell me any... I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It, I still feel like there's going to be something that's going to catch me totally off guard. No, and exactly. And I mean, and James and I were... Uh, I, I don't know if you were already... You know, you the call had dropped a little bit for your... Or you were listening. You know, just the whole idea that, you know, they gave away too much. Like, they didn't... They didn't surprise us. They're, or they're, they're not... They don't trust us to be surprised by anything or to accept anything really that I think it it feels like very much a response to man of steel in a weird way, because with man of steel, they, they, they went the route of 
sort of nostalgia with the trailer, and then also using stuff from, what was it, Grant Morrison's uh, um, All-Star Superman, something like that. They used the, the line from Jor-El and everything. So they were they were playing very much uh, with the, like, okay, we'll go for kind of the abstract, we'll get them, like, coming in. And it worked. It got people into the theaters, and we were just like, oh, great, a Superman movie. And then we saw the actual movie. Um, the this These ones now, it feels like a response to it where they, they it's almost like they understand that people didn't like the, fir- the, the movie prior to, and now they're just like, well, we, we don't know if they'll come in, so let's just show them what's happening so that they'll get excited about that, right? Like, no! <laughs> That's not how that works. I don't well, and, and it's just, it, I think that, I think you're right. I think part of my disappointment, and I'm actually not as big a hater of Man of Steel as most, mm-hmm. part of my disappointment with Man of Steel was, um, that I, from the trailers, it felt like the, the thing about Clark and about Superman has always been there's essentially two core characters. If you go through and you read all the Superman books and you go back through time, there's a hundred thousand different iterations of him, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, there's always been two core characters, and the one is the perpetual optimistic do gooder. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the ultimate son, right? Yeah. And so it felt like, given the the darker tone that this DC universe was going to be, they were like, okay, well, we can't really do the ultimate do-gooder, right? But we're going to really play up the whole parentage thing. I and mean, that's going to be the heart and core of this. And I felt like they tried to do that, and they failed miserably. Well, they went the wrong direction. They They were trying to really emphasize the Kryptonian stuff. When, you know, if, if you go back, again, if you go back to the comics, uh, you it's know. It's about Martha and Jonathan. Exactly. It's, it's uh, even with, like, Max Landis's, uh, he's doing, like, the American Alien thing. The first issue is much more focused around Martha and Jonathan instead of Clark. I mean, he's he's got his scenes and everything, but that first issue is very much focused on the parents. Because that's really who we're supposed to see Clark through. You know, you're 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 not supposed to nece- you're not supposed to see an alien. You're supposed to see a, a human boy and his parents, and then what they're dealing with or everything. How they view him is uh, it, that's supposed to be the audience surrogate. You experience the world kind of uh, a little bit distant from Clark, which is fine. I mean, because you can do a lot of really good stories with that. Whereas with Bruce, I think it's it you you should be more in the shit with him you know, going through kind of the, the more brutal aspects of, like, what he's gone through and then his training and everything. They're, they're two different characters, and you're supposed to experience them differently. And these movies have only been going the Batman route. I mean, Man of Steel is, is not... should I don't think it should be considered a Superman movie because it, it has Batman undertones to it. Well, and that, I think, is the roughest part of we're about to get with Batman v Superman because as you guys were talking about the interesting thing about Wonder Woman is that she of the three is the soldier right Mm -hmm. it's not that she's comfortable with killing for her it's very straightforward in war soldiers kill yeah it's what's asked of them they don't enjoy it it's what PTSD is Mm -hmm. but to some extent 
you're there to serve a purpose, and that purpose might be kill the other guy. Yeah. Um, and so you have that, and then you have Superman, who's supposed to be the look, guys, like the world is a great place. That's why we do what we do. <laughs> like, you're Batman. He's like the world's a <laughs> shitty place. Um, and you know, and I, I feel like what's going to really be hard for the viewer is that that's all going to become muddled mm-hmm. and it's like singular, almost monotone approach to to these characters. And where the Marvel universe is very diverse, like I can't wait to see Jessica Jones on screen with Cap. Like but- that's just going to be fantastic. That would be really awesome if they ended up doing that. Well, because she's she's been, um, they've already said that Jessica Jones will be in um, uh, the the big what what is it? Um, the Infinity War. The Infinity War. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't hear. I didn't know about that. Yes. So um, now we don't know if they'll actually be on screen with the other characters, or if it'll be like a side story. But oh, yeah. Um, but just seeing her next to Cap on screen would be epic, right? Mm-hmm. But I get the feeling that with Batman v Superman, it's going to get very monotone very quickly. Yeah, um, and the I mean, just the whole, I mean, I, I get, you know, making the motivation behind uh, Batman, you know, going after him to a certain extent, you know, I get it. Like, it's it's a very Bruce thing to do. Like, you know, the whole, we need to, like, 100% know for sure he's not going to go rogue and everything. Um, and, and that's great. It's just, it's like taking that story that is clear, you know, it just feels like that's something that needed to get built up to some degree. I mean, you can have them show up and, like, not trust each other. That's great. But if it's just all about, like, let's make a two-hour fight between these guys over Lex Luthor trying to manipulate them, and it's probably going to work for a while, and then blah, blah, blah. It's just, it feels like it's just going to be a lot of, like, waiting for the end of the movie. Where you're just like, okay, you fought. Are we good? Are we good now? Can we, I guess, get to Justice League now? Right, right. Because it's, I, I don't know, like, I'm, and I don't mind when heroes fight each other. I mean, obviously, like, Marvel's done a lot with that, but, you know, the fight between Cap and Iron Man and Thor was very short in the Avengers. It's just, okay, we we disagree on a, a thing, we tried to fight each other, and it turns out maybe we shouldn't. You know, done. Over. Like, the, uh, you know, with Batman Superman, it's going to take two and a half hours for them to sort things out. And and then, like, a, a rough, like, end of the third act where it's like, oh, maybe we begrudgingly respect each other now. <laughs> but begrudging respect needs to be built up more. Like it and, I, and I get that maybe Justice League would, would do more with that, but it's like, if you're starting on the basis of them just already, like, friggin' hating each other, it's like, where do you go from there? <laughs> just uh, like what are we getting into what is happening here (laughs) unfortunately I think um, I think we're all going to go and the the thing about it is I'm going to have to like before I walk in the theater just stop 
mm-hmm. have like a moment of self-reflection. <laughs> in that, in in that moment of self-reflection, I'm gonna have to tell myself, look, this, you just you just have to hold your breath for a second, mm-hmm. like let it happen to you, just let it wash over you, <laughs> and then make a decision, because. If I think about it too much in the moment, I'm, I've only ever walked out of a movie once. Mm-hmm. I've only ever wanted to walk out of a movie twice. The one time I've walked out of a movie was Blair Witch. Mm. The only other time I wanted to walk out of a movie but didn't was Open Water, and that was because my wife picked it, and I told her I wouldn't. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, I, I feel like I will get pissed off and want to walk out. So I'm just going to have to have that moment of just let it happen. Just let it happen. And then turn your brain back on. Yeah, I, feel like, I mean, when James and I were, were talking a little bit earlier, it's just, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not trying to hate this movie going in. Like, it's, it doesn't do me any good to go in and being like, motherfucker, burn it, burn you know, whatever. Like, that, that's not gonna help me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go see it, obviously. I mean, and everyone who, who has their say about, you know, Man of Steel, or even just the entire production of this, of this movie, we're still gonna go see it. Like, that, that's the thing. It doesn't, they're gonna make their, maybe most of their money back, I don't know, if they have to. Don't they have to, like, reach almost, like, a billion dollars in order to make back everything? Sacrifice goats or something. I guess so. But but I don't want to go into it just already automatically hating it, but they're not making it easy for me. Right. Well, and that's that's my whole thing, is, like, again, I mean, we've seen seen how basically each act, like, we don't know what the finish of each act is, but mm-hmm. we basically know the beginning of each act in terms of, like, how this is all going to pan out. Like, we're going to have some sort of flashback reflection for Bruce, where he was in fucking Metropolis, oh, when no. shit was going down. Well, and we already know that, you know, Thomas and Martha Wayne is going to be a scene or whatever. I swear to God, if he fucking does the pearls dropping, it's just like, ugh. And then, and then <laughs> we're going to have, obviously, like, We've seen it in the trailer. Like, they meet at Luther's party. And mm-hmm. it's, and, and, and so it's the initial meeting with neither of them probably, like, neither of them knowing who, who the other is necessarily, but, like, both having very different views on, like, how a Superman should be dealt with. Because obviously Clark is speaking for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bruce is speaking as a vigilante. Like, hmm. Um, and they, they both have those opposing views. Like we know all these things and it's just when I, every, ugh, every painful time I watch it. And the, and the thing is, is I want to watch it if for, if for nothing else at the end of the day, out of respect for the cast and the crew, because I'm sure that they put in the work. I'm sure mm-hmm. everybody like put on, put on their best. The heroes put on the suits the cast and crew worked hard to be there and make sure everything was going the way it was supposed to, and they were doing their jobs, and everybody deserves that. Like, I hate, I hate when even a movie is bad. <laughs> like, that people, like, are like, oh, that was such a shitty movie. Because it always feels slightly shitty even saying it, because it's just like, 
really quintessentially on some level you're saying like all those people did a shit job Mm -hmm. like you all sucked (laughs) and that's not necessarily the case um and i'm sure a lot of people put in a lot of a lot of man hours a lot of hard time and for nothing else like i'll i'll see it for that that respect um but yeah i mean it's just the more and i think a big part of it's just the hype it's Mm -hmm. so much of the hype because I got hyped right away. Like, the second they were like, well, we're not doing a Man of Steel 2. It's going to be Batman versus Superman. And I was like, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It's everything I want. It's Batman beating the shit out of Superman on the big screen and winning. <laughs> this will be amazing. Even though you know that's not true. And then, shh. And, <laughs> and then I was so it, and I mean, and it did. It started the whole bro off between like me and my best friend Paul because he's a huge Supes fan, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Bro, there's no way, there's no way." And I mean, if anything, like it sparked, it sparked him to definitely go out and read a lot more of the Superman comics. And yeah, really, like, no told him that Batman always wins, right? <laughs> well, of course. Um, to which now his fun thing is he's just like. Because he, he starts every sentence with that. I swear to God, I wish I wish that was a joke. Mm. <laughs> but he's, he's like, bro, there is no way in canon Batman has ever beat Superman. <laughs> Never has happened. And I'm like, excuse me, what? <laughs> oh, by the way, is he a big fan of Bro Force? <laughs> he should be. Uh, I keep telling him he should download it because it's free. But yeah, it's one. But it's one of those where I'm like, and a lot of the instances I've pointed out, he's just like, yeah, that was a non-canon instance, and I'm like, you go on about injustice, gods among us. Oh. By the by, that started as a fucking video game, mm-hmm. a 2D fighter, Mortal Kombat style <laughs> fighting game, which albeit is a fun alternate universe. Like the story is kind of fun, and it's like interesting to see. Like, sure, what would happen? It's not really, like, a far cry of, like, not being able to know what would happen if, like, Supes lost it was just like, you know what? I'm going to do what people think I could do. I'm going to rule this bitch up in here, and and everybody's going to follow my law. Like, yeah, no, it'd be terrible. Like, it would be a horrible reality to live in. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. And so, like, that's, like, he loved to sit there and be like, bro, did you watch, did you read the latest Injustice? And I'm like, no, I didn't, because I, I don't fucking care. He's like, okay, so you need to download the comic app that I have, <laughs> and I have all of them on there. You just need to go read all of them. And I was like, that's not happening. Like, I'm not and going to do that. Time. Quit telling me, like, <laughs> well, and even even then, like, in, um, if, if you want to even treat Dark Knight Returns as, as a canon story, which, again, depending on who you are, you know, also depicts, you know, also uh, basically kind of sets what you look at as canon um, and, and what era you grew up in and all that blah, blah. It's what happens when you have 75 years worth of material to work with. Um, but uh, even in Dark Knight Returns, Batman has to wear a super suit. And granted, he's old in this one, but he has to wear a suit of his own that can somehow withstand some of the force that Clark is, is throwing at him. Uh, then he has to use, what, kryptonite. <laughs> and, and, Not any kryptonite. Powdered kryptonite. Yeah. From a 
Bowman who doesn't have an arm <laughs> because he's the most stubborn person on the planet. <laughs> well, and then he also basically, like, he, he doesn't necessarily even win. Like, he fakes his own death. <laughs> right, right. Well, he fakes his own death, and then we won't get into the second half of it because yeah. it's going to be sad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like, it's, it's one of those where, yeah, like, it, it's all these, it's the perfect storm of events that lead Bruce to being able to, quote, beat Superman. Yeah. It's not that he beats Superman into submission. I mean, the infamous quote is, I want you to remember this as the day I beat you, Clark. And that's it. Like, that's it. And then, oh, I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and we move on. He doesn't even stick the landing on that one. He doesn't even really beat Clark. He just kind of gets him in a in a position where it's like, oh, well, now I can say this line and kind of punch you. And, oh, no, heart attack. Because uh, he does quite essentially what, what we heard in one of the early trailers, which, which was the whole Batman, like, I'm going to make you bleed. Yeah. Like, that's all he accomplished. He made Superman bleed. <laughs> and 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 it's really just, I mean, that entire story just kind of leads up to him going like, no, I seriously can't beat this guy. I mean, there's just right. no way. <laughs> like that that's your that's the whole the whole fight there is that he's just it's an a means to an end for for Bruce in the context of the story, you know? And and then Frank Miller just being all like, well, Batman and Superman aren't friends, so I'm going to make them hate each other. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Which I imagine is what he was doing at the typewriter. He's like, burr, 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 burr. Right. <laughs> so, this doesn't become a total, like, downer, right? No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's flip it this way. Given everything that we've seen and we know about this movie, mm-hmm. what's the one thing you look forward to going into? Because there is one thing about the, this movie that I'm actually really looking forward to. And what is that? Um, okay, so for me, and we've talked about this before on old, older podcasts, mm-hmm. but for me, it's actually Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah. Um, because I I don't know why I believe this. If someone were to, like, question me on a trial stand, I would crumble under pressure. <laughs> but there is some part of me that believes that Ben Affleck has a chance to be a really good Batman, mm-hmm. or at least a really good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, now his, when he started directing and everything, and then, like, I loved him in the town, I really, you know, uh, really enjoyed and loved Argo and everything. I think he's, creatively speaking, at least, he's had a, a his own little, like, renaissance of, uh, of, you know, doing, doing better... <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm just saying, I'm going to coin that right now. It's Benesons. But uh, he, I mean, and, and from all all reports that I've seen, he seems to be like a really huge Batman fan. So I think even for him, he doesn't want to screw this one up. So he's been my least worry about this entire thing. <laughs> like initially, initially when I got, when, when the announcement was made, they're like, Ben Affleck's Batman. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I did. Immediately, my brain was like, no, not Daredevil again. Please, no, not Daredevil again. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people went. Oh, of course. And it was It was one of those, as time went, like, I kind of, I thought more about it. And, yeah, same thing. Like, I was just like, but, you know, like, that was young Ben Affleck. Like, that was a much younger Ben Affleck. Like, 
That's when he was making shit like Dogma for whatever reason. Oh, do um, not diss Dogma. No, Come no, on. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like he wasn't, he wasn't making these like really big popular movies. Like he only had like a handful under his belt that he had really gotten like critical acclaim for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, no, I I loved him in Dogma. And I love that movie. Like, That's right. That, no one badmouths Dogma on my I podcast. Would never, I would never. <laughs> Christ is my hero. Um, no, like I love Kevin Smith's work, and and by far that movie is hands down like one of his one of his greatest works. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, it, it was one of those. I was just like, well, you know, the the town was a really solid movie. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, that was good. I haven't seen Argo, but I intend to at some point. And it's, I mean, but the movie again, lots of critical acclaim. Lots of nominations for shit. Like won the Oscar. Really well, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's one of those where I was just like, you know, he's kind of come into his own. I think an older, wiser Ben Affleck has really come into his own. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm in the same strain. Like Ben Affleck is probably the one thing. Like, and it was basically after the last the last like trailer they showed, where they actually showed Batman do something aside mm-hmm. from like stand in a desert jump off a building, be captured by soldiers. Like, I was like, so that's all Batman does? He, like, jumps around and then, like, gets the crap beat out of him at some point? Like, this is gonna be a lame Batman, and not because of Affleck, just because of shittiness. Like, you know, like Batman does. Right? And I was like, what is happening? Um, And then, yeah, no, this most recent trailer, like, they open the trailer up so perfectly, like, there's the little, like, cajoling from from Alfred that's happening between Bruce, um, and him. Um, and then, and then he goes for the, the unobvious route. Cause so many times in so many Batmans, I think we can go through every single Batman movie. And one of the very first introductions of Batman to villains is him coming down, looking like a giant man bat mm-hmm. through a window and then beating the tar out of everybody. Like, <laughs> it's like, it, you have to do this. By and, like, this was totally the opposite. This was like, no, Batman comes up through the fucking floor and then beats the shit out of a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, and, like, did it in a really great way. It wasn't, like, the very standardization that we've seen. Like, don't get me wrong. Nolan's Batman was really enjoyable for me. I liked, I liked, I guess, the realism and a lot of the, uh, what you could see as, like, a payment to Frank Miller's Dark Knight in a lot of ways as far as tributing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I did enjoy it. But it was still very realistic in terms of, like, when you're fighting a bunch of guys, like, you're going to take a lot of hits. Yeah. You're not really hitting hard because, well, nobody can actually do P90X (laughs) 85% of the time every day for the rest of their life. Like, nobody can do that. I mean, are you (laughs) sure? I mean, (laughs) do you know how to P90X, brah? (laughs) So, (laughs) I feel like that should be, like, something that happens. Like, the, like... Like, Batman and Superman are like, what do you do to work out? And, like, Superman's like, I, like, I lift tankers. Like, that's what I do. And Batman's just like, I basically exercise all day, every day, except for, like, two hours. And that's where I maintain my counter-identity. I I swear with, like, most of, like, the cartoons and everything, and even some of the movies, it almost seems like Clark just grows up to be a bodybuilder. Like, there's there's no actual, like, exercise involved. He just looks like that. Like, that's just how his body develops. I mean, shit. That would be a much better conversation. It'd be like, 
Clark would be like, so dude, what do you, how do you get so big? And Bruce is like, I, I don't know, I, I, I punch people all the time, but I should do <laughs> 15,000 calories a day. Clark's like, eh, I'm an alien. I just got to stand in the sun. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, if you lift, bro? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing when you see, like, uh, Henry Cavill and and, and uh, Ben Affleck just standing next to each other. It's like, <laughs> I mean, they almost look like the um, Justice League cartoon versions of Batman and Superman, where, where it's just, like, all chest. It's just, like, these like, huge like, chests. Like, look at my torso. I don't have a neck. Pretty much. It just, like, just looking at them together, you go, like, wow, there is just no difference <laughs> right, between you right. two. Well, and that's what's so funny is, like, you see that quintessential scene where it's, like, Batman and Soups and, like, Wonder Woman, you know, apparently has showed up and saved somebody, if not both of their asses. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see Cal Gadot's size compared to those two, and you're like, she's so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Um, well, and she's what I'm really looking for. I am looking forward to. Uh, I want to see ben how she's going to represent Wonder Woman. I don't think the trailers have given us a ton in the way that like that's going to go. Like they've clearly established, I think that she obviously is like a warrior mm-hmm. from this long lost land that nobody knows about, and like that's it. Like that's what, <laughs> and, oh, and she saves basically the two people who could probably stop anything happening on the planet before we knew about her existence. Well, and I, I do like that the new cover that she has is that she's an antiques dealer. I I, I like that idea. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it is, I, th- I think I was reading a thing where they were saying, like, yeah, she's, you know, Diana is you know, not masquerading, but she's come back into this world as a as an antiques dealer so that she has an easier time probably navigating certain uh, aspects of society which would probably have a lot of Greek artifacts. <laughs> so. Well, and isn't that something they've kind of covered is like the, and I mean, I think it's even, I, I don't know a lot about Wonder Woman, so correct me entirely if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the premise, like at least as far as the Amazons in the current series um, are, is like they used to, like I know the movie sounds like it's representing them as they used to kind of be the defenders of of humanity, so to speak, like mm-hmm. they were, they were present and there to help, and then like shit just kind of went sideways at some point, and they were like, "Fuck people, like <laughs> they can survive on their own." And yeah, we're just gonna go live in our own society. It very much depends, yeah, on on who's writing said origin or whatever. But yeah, I mean, they, they're supposed to be modeled off the actual Greek Amazons, um, and then sometimes they're just given the island as a gift from the gods other times they they sail off on their own and then the gods just kind of bless them for it because they get immortality or at least like hippolyta does and diana does um but there's always different interpretations of it so this could very well be a because i think they were saying that diana is also not made of clay that she's the daughter of zeus thing so 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 just like a demigod yeah so i think that's their in in a lot of ways it's just the most streamlined way to explain it and i i understand that but at the same time as a wonder woman person you're like you could have probably still gotten away with the clay thing i'm pretty sure that that brings us right back to the biggest uh, uh, what i feel is going is ultimately the biggest problem DC has, and this is something we talked about on the last podcast with uh, me and JP and Chris, which mm. was so much of the fact that DC doesn't do, they're not doing any really great story building like the Marvel Universe has, where it's just like, 
Um, I mean, Marvel has said there are certain characters that they're just not going to do an origin story for because they just simply um, don't really have the time necessarily to do a, a quick origin tale with um, before they implement them into a show. But then it sounds like they're also going back. Like, that's kind of the case with, like, the Black Panther. It's like, we're not going to get an origin story before we meet the Black Panther. We're just going to meet him. Then they're going to kind of go back and go, oh, hey, this is this guy. Mm-hmm. This is his life and how he came to kind of be, which is great. Um, I, DC's not necessarily doing a great job with that. Um, they're they're going to, I think they're attempting that with, they're going to do that with Wonder Woman. Uh, so her showing up in Batman v Superman is, yeah, our first look at her, and then her movie that, her solo movie that comes out, which I don't even know if it's a solo movie anymore, because we keep hearing things about, like, Batman and Superman (laughs) showing up in that, too. (laughs) Right, well, and that's, and, and that's just it, like, that's my problem, is I'm just like, Marvel, Marvel has a very clear roadmap, like, you can look it up on the internet, you can see exactly what their fucking plan is, like, we're going to make this movie. Then we're going to do this movie. Then we're going to do this big movie where all of these people come together. Maybe a few people die. Then we're going to make this movie. <laughs> and then we're going to do this movie. Then we're going to do another big movie. And maybe some other people die. Like, you know, like they, Or like, all I mean, of them die. We're not sure yet. all of them die. Like, they've clearly fleshed it out. And, like, so we can sit there and go, oh, okay, I kind of know what to expect. Like, I don't, but I do know what to expect. I'm okay with that. And, like, DC doesn't have that at all with Warner Brothers. Like, they have no clear picture, like, Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Like, right now, we're all flying blind as far as, like, their grand scheme plan. Like, the most we know is that there will be a Justice League movie. At some point, there is going to be the Wonder Woman movie, hopefully quickly following Batman v Superman. Well, because, yeah, they have um, Suicide Squad comes out in August, I think. Day before my birthday. I have heard that they may not be doing a Man of Steel too. Yeah, that 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 seems to fluctuate because they clearly don't like Superman. They <laughs> they because yeah, they're saying that if Batman v Superman doesn't do as well as I think that they they want it to do, which who knows what that arbitrary metric is. Um, it that they might forego a Man of Steel two and then focus on putting the Batman solo movie ahead of it. Mm, um, yeah. So I mean, because you know Ben Affleck's going to direct it as well. He'll probably have a lot to say in the writing. Um, more or less, he'll probably bring Chris Terrio along with him. Who I think I, I don't know if he completely rewrote Batman v Superman, but it started as a Goyer script that. I think they were not terrible. happy with. I, I've heard pieces of what that script was basically surmising to be. Okay, what, what was that? Um, Chris had found it online, <laughs> and it was really bad. Like, really, really bad. Um, <laughs> Goddamn, now I have, to, I have to go to the interwebs. Mm. Um, Man. Um, but, but anyway, to, while you're looking for it, uh, yeah, because the whole... A whole bit with Wonder Woman as well is that she's, yeah, she, her her solo movie is going to be kind of split between, like, present day and her first, basically her first outing into the world of men. Um, and it's during World War One, which I actually do like that, that scenario that she's in during World War One instead of World War Two Because it does give her a distinction from, like, the Captain America stuff and, and everything. And it just gives her that war, which was 
you know, in some ways, a far more brutal showcase of, you know, uh, the the times. <laughs> so I'm kind of okay with that one. Right. Well, it leaves, it leaves more space for them to do more with her later, too. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is that... Um, the ideal with Wonder Woman is that she's always kind of been there mm-hmm. in the way that even Cap wasn't, right? Because... Cap was there for a very specific period of time and then frozen where Wonder Woman has always kind of just been there. Um, Wonder Woman for me is more like Wolverine, actually. Oh, I don't know if I like that. (laughs) And and I say this because it's really important about my concern about where they take Wonder Woman in this film. Mm -hmm. For me, the thing about when I really enjoy Wonder Woman and when I really enjoy Wolverine is that there is a it's not arrogant there is the confidence of the fact that when they walk into a room no one has seen the shit that they have Mm -hmm. and it's that kind of confidence that when Diana deals with Bruce and Clark, she kind of hangs over their head a little bit. She's like, look, shut the fuck up. First world problems, right? Like, I have seen shit that you guys can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, she has an almost grandeur about her that as awesome as Superman is and as, you know, dedicated as Batman can be, they can't really match. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of the way Wolverine is. Why it's why so many people gravitate towards him, right? Because he's just seen a ton of shit. And yet, um, the more you learn about him, the more you're like, eh. <laughs> right? Well, but then, so then there. I guess the for me, the flip side to that is what my concern is that won't be the sentiment or where her confidence or her presence comes from in the film Mm -hmm. where I don't like um, Wonder Woman is when she be either she's overly naive like it's always kind of humorous when she's like naive about modern things yeah there was was a thing about ice cream in a lot of things for some reason I was I was kind of perplexed like she okay I get that ice cream is awesome but guys why is this the, the thing that like makes her go like oh my god I love this you know Right, yeah, and and I so I don't like it when she's like naive without a purpose, mm-hmm. and I don't like it when her arrogance seems more tied to her. Like it's like, oh, she's a princess, so that's why she's arrogant. Yeah, no, that's no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna smack you. Like, get out of here. She is a princess in name only. Mm-hmm. She is in no way, like, she's in no way a princess. And she is a warrior. She is a soldier. She is someone who's been in war after war after war and has dealt with, like, crappy shit after crappy shit after crappy shit. And the amazing thing about Wonder Woman, the thing that makes her special that I think a lot of storytellers miss, is the fact that she's one of the few people who who's done that. And, like, are still like, well, it's still worth doing. 
And and yeah, and that's that's the thing I I definitely appreciate about, appreciate about her too is that for all that she's seen, Diana is still still holds on to her compassion. Like it 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 never. I mean, it can waver in stories because that's going to happen to a person. Like you can question, you know, you know, why am I still doing this? Blah blah blah. But what it always comes back to with Diana is that it's not only the right thing to do, but it's just that she has that capacity, that kind of empathy for people that no matter what, even if it's an enemy, she will try to offer them the hand of friendship or mercy or whatever, you know, in order to avoid a a senseless killing. And and that's what I appreciate about her. Do you find the, the script there, James? Damn it, no. Um, uh, Damn I it. I don't remember. It was it was pretty bad. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, like, what it kind of covered. Um, but it was, like, way off from, like, what we're seeing in, like, previews now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, so it, it, it wasn't really promising. I Because of what I had heard, what Chris, like, revealed to me, I was just like, wow, so happy they... James? James. And here I thought I was the one who was going to be having all the dropout problems. I figure you're you're coming in clear as a bell there. James, where did you go? James? It's going to make editing awesome. All my effing batteries are dying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just switched out these ones, so these ones might die. I'm hoping they don't. I have a backup headset. Oh, how long do you think, I mean, are you good, or do you need, like, to, to do anything, or? No, I'll just pull my other headset out of a drawer, and I'll have it on standby, just in case. All right. We're good. We're good. Ignore it, people's listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I did it. I, it was a pause for effect. It was a very long pause for effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we lost James there for a while. I think a shark got him. <laughs> well, you know, all those shark natives happen. Or maybe better, just King Shark just showed up. He was like, "Raw, <laughs> where's the Flash?" I haven't watched it. Oh, come on, it's so good. I'm like two. I'm two Flash episodes behind right now. It's okay, really... not to distract us from our current topic. Right, right, yes, right, right. But because um, I think uh, I think since we didn't get to record something sooner, uh, our our new topic for the next episode that you and I do, James, is gonna be Daredevil, right? But, um... What? <laughs> How oh, dare you? I, I see. I'm not invited to the party when I'm hosting your damn podcast. I get it. <laughs> you're always welcome. You're, you're not excluded from this. I'm specifically addressing that other thing that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. My point is this, right? <laughs> so, I, I love The Flash, and I found myself in the exact same position I did a year ago where I'm like thinking to myself, man, that flash, it is just so fucking good. It is just so fucking much better than every, holy shit. The first episode of daredevil. <laughs> right. It's like, I know. Like as soon as I heard the release date for the new season of daredevil, like months ago, I was just like, why isn't it sooner? Why <laughs> isn't it sooner? <laughs> I am, one episode in. I'm one episode in, and I'm already like, 
this is literally better than everything I've watched on television since the last time I watched Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to start binge watching that, but I might only make it like one or two tonight. <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, yeah. So let's see back to Batman and Superman. Superman. Well, so. If there's a bad script out there from Goyer, one that's not surprising. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be the first or last bad script of a Superman or a Batman movie that floated around. Maybe we needed a little bit more of this, uh, this kind of critique and uh, wavering by Warner Brothers back when they still had, you know, Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie is so hard to watch. <laughs> We, I, because I remember the, because I know the Rift Tracks people, they they did Batman and Robin. And I remember friends and I, we, we synced it up. We were watching the movie, and then just not even the commentary made it tolerable anymore. I was just like, oh my god, I forgot how terrible this movie is. And all I want to do is turn off the television or throw the television out the window or something because I don't want to be watching this anymore. I am a little disappointed about what we heard, I think, think it was last week or the week before, where um, the girl from Hunger Games... Oh, Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone, who I like quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, that we found out she's going to be Barbara and not Robin. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah, for all their Dark Knight Returns uh, homages or flat-out stealing, the, I mean, for her not to either be... Carrie Kelly is, is, I mean, it's an odd choice, but at the same time, probably makes sense. Uh, yeah, well. I'm just a little disappointed by it. I feel like, I feel like, um, as, as big as the Dark Knight Returns is, and that whole story is the Batman fans, mm-hmm. um, it's still not really, Carrie Kelly is, like, when, when I eventually go get my Batman tattoo, I always tell people, well, there's been four Robins. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really true. I mean, and I, I feel like Carrie Kelly needs her time in the legitimate sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's as much as she's not one of my core Robins, I think it would be, a, I think it would be a good step for that character and for fans in general to have her mainstreamed a little bit, and it's a missed opportunity for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really curious about <clears throat> who the 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 Robins are going to end up being. Like, what what route what, what what that's going to look like? I guess because we do know that at at the very least, one of them might be dead. Because we're not James. You were you brought up uh, last weekend that. There's this rumor going around that the Joker could potentially be Jason Todd. Yes, there's a little bit of evidence that kind of points to it. That uh, some other internet sleuths, not me, I'm not taking credit by any means. But, um, a lot of other sleuths <laughs> distances out there. himself from it almost immediately. No, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like crazy analyze shit like that. Like, I, yeah. I watch a trailer and I'm the guy who's just like, yeah, that's cool. Some shit happened. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then there's others who are just like wait a second, like if I look with a magnifying glass at the shoulder 
over the bird, like Jesus. Like they look for some crazy stuff to try to find <laughs> something in everything. Um, but it is actually a really fair, like, because I've gone back since and I've watched rewatched like the trailers for Suicide Squad and stuff like that. And there is, um, there's a clip that shows in one of the trailers uh, the Robin suit, mm-hmm. um, the last Robin, um, which maybe. Um, was um, Jason, mm-hmm. one Jason Todd. And so um, in the suit, there's these two cuts um, that are in the shoulders of the suit. And we don't really know what they're from. Um, there's no explanation, obviously. It's just a shot that pans across the suit. Um, and then some people have identified when they look at uh, this new Joker we're seeing. Um, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Um, that in this version of the Joker... He has two very clear scars on the tops of his shoulders, and he also happens to have a Robin tattooed, um, like, it's, like, right up by his, like, left shoulder or something like that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are like, ooh, did Jason Todd become the new Joker? Um, which would be an interesting twist, like, this is something, as said, we talked about, and I was just like, that, it could be, it, that could be interesting, I I, I'm, I'm vexed, but simultaneously I'm like, how are you going to make that work? Because, um, I mean, for me, in the very brief instances that I've had experiences with the character of Jason Todd, most of my experience has been from, um, honestly, from uh, Batman, uh, Batman Arkham series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most recent one in those covered, like, the entire Jason Todd story, like, what had happened to him by Joker, um, the fact that he had been tortured and then eventually murdered murdered with quotes um and then, <laughs> until and then, superboy prime punched reality right yeah they didn't cover the whole punching reality thing i really but... wish that they would go like just that batshit crazy like really go full crisis on infinite worlds and just do that <laughs> it would be so amazing did you know um so yeah no it's like it's one of those like i'm really uh like it, it's an interesting perspective. Like, if we're, if, because, again, it very much seems like DC is playing the old, we're just going to play alternate universe roles with a lot of shit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be compelling, I guess, um, as far as, like, how he got to that point and if they're going to actually explain that at all or if we're just going to deal with that. Yeah, it would be interesting just to see, like, where, like, Ben Affleck would take a, a Batman solo movie because I, I heard a rumor, it was a rumor, I mean, that the there's oh, no it wasn't even a rumor it was speculation that perhaps the dead Robin was actually Dick Grayson, uh, and I don't I don't see that as actually happening because first of all I think that they trademarked they they bought like whatever trademarks they needed for Nightwing, um, you know just in case because you know of course you're going to do that for a bunch of your heroes, uh, and also the opportunity to do anything with Nightwing is is. I feel like money in the bank for them because Nightwing is proven to be a very popular character with fans of the comic books and everything. And there's been constant chatter about getting him on a series. Like there were, you know, when they mentioned Bloodhaven and Arrow for that first time, I was like, Oh my God, could Dick Grayson actually show up? Like there's, there's been rumors of it. I mean, the whole Titan series that was canceled. And now there's the possibility that the cyborg movie would turn into a teen Titans movie, something like that. 
so I definitely think they're going to play it by ear with this, but I don't think that they would shoot themselves in the foot by already killing off the most popular and well-known former Robin turned Nightwing. Like, it just, that from, I mean, from every kind of a standpoint that I understand the movie industry, that doesn't make any sense to kill him. Yeah, I, um, so, we, look, I'm very, very particular about my Robins, right? (laughs) It's very true. About my Robins. Um, and if Jason Todd ends up being the Joker, I think that would really, like, that would be too much for me to handle. Like, I just, I couldn't. couldn't (laughs) He'd immediately walk out of the movie. Well, because it would just go to show there's a basic core misunderstanding. Like, here's the thing. As, as much as I did not like Christian Bale in any of the Batman movies, I get it. Uh, the, one thing, <laughs> the one thing I will say is that those movies understood Batman. Mm-hmm. And they understood the Joker, and the reason why that second movie was the best movie of that series and potentially one of the best movies ever was because they understood something core about those who follow Batman and those who follow Joker. And that the, the underlying in, um, tone of that movie, even with the, you know, the two face story among it was that the, those who follow Batman are to varying degrees willing to do whatever it takes to see the world be a better place. Mm-hmm. And those who are on the other side of Gotham are, are willing to do whatever it takes to see that burn mm-hmm. and crumble. And Jason is the... Jason is an interesting character because Jason is, in many ways the furthest DC has gone with a Batman character. Now, Roy, they've done this as well. There are other characters they've done this to, but Jason is the one Batman character that they've taken to a place of we are literally going to give you every reason to want to watch the world burn. The thing about Jason, the reason why I like him so much is that even when he is shooting people in the face... (laughs) As he does um, often... As he does, it is still with the intent of it's because you, Batman, don't go far enough. Mm-hmm. It's why you let me get beat in, in by the Joker because you could have taken him out and you didn't because you don't go far enough to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And in order for Jason to become the Joker, it would mean that he had completely lost that. And that would be, I, I feel like that would be too too much for me to suspend from my fandom. Mm-hmm. I, I, that would be asking too much for me as a fan to be able to get over. Now, maybe audience in general would be fine with that. Most people wouldn't even know who Jason Todd was, for that matter. Yeah. But um, I, I think that for me as a fan of Jason Todd, that would be too much for me to ask. Um. I agree with you, Sam, though. I don't think you can kill Dick Grayson. Yeah, he, um, he's one of those, like, just, he's too popular. He's too popular in terms of, like, just comics fandom and everything. And with them doing, like, the whole reshuffling over at DC with the comic books, I mean, 
I, I can't imagine that they would ever try to, like, get rid of him. They've, they've tried, I mean, there have been so many instances where they could have. And Dan DiDio has obviously made it known that he's not a fan of him. <laughs> like, but, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't, it doesn't make any f- sense financially to, uh, to already just get rid of the only Robin anyone's ever known. Like, really, if you think about it. Right. Which I do, often. Because <laughs> it's not like they can just, like, shove Tim Drake in your face and be like, here, love this kid. It's like, no, I haven't had enough time to. It's just, it's, I, I can't. <laughs> like, well, they well, can. It just, you'd have to actually find a reason for anybody to love Tim Drake. Which well, that's very true. But that's the thing, like, I would really love it if it got to the point, like, they could do a Robbins movie. Like, that would, because... I mean, yeah, you'd have Dick. I mean, if you have um, if you have Jason Todd still alive, and they explain it whatever way makes sense to them, because I really don't think they will ever get to the point where reality punching is a resurrection type level thing. <laughs> but I mean, a girl can hold out hope. Um, but if you have Jason as the Red Hood, and then Tim as uh, Red Robin, or just you know Robin, and then bring in Damien for whatever reason. It would be an interesting thing just to at least look at it, or bring in some, you know, have some chicks. Like let's let's get all the girls in there too. Right. Do a Birds of Prey movie. Do I mean the I I think I remember way back when uh, when uh, Ben Affleck was announced as as Batman and everything. This is I think this was when we were back doing Word of the Nerd, JP. And I think I told you and Jack it was like you know you the benefit of an older Batman is that it, it jumps the timeline up enough that we can actually get some of these Bat family heroes that we've wanted, but they've never just, they, they never had the, really the potential to do them or didn't want to because Nolan's whole thing was that he didn't want to do like the traditional Batman and Robin thing that just didn't make any sense to him. Um, which yeah, I, I get the feeling that, you know, it almost takes a whimsical approach for Marvel to make a movie like Guardians. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost takes someone being like, you know what? I just want to do something for fun. Mm-hmm. We're going to go make Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I don't know that DC ha- and Warner Brothers has that in them. Because, like, I would say the easiest thing to do, right, if you really just wanted to make an interesting movie that could play off these without having to be tied into them, make an Outsiders movie. Mm, yeah, true. You could, your your cast can be whatever you want it to be, your characters can be whatever you want it to be, you can tie them into the rest of the stories however you want. Like, The Outsiders just, it's a good setup for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that would take almost a whimsical, like, nonchalant that I don't know if DC feels like it can afford. Not now, or, you know, not in the current point where they are, um, definitely. But yeah, no, e- I mean, even, because there's, there's so much you can actually mine from the Golden and the Silver Age that could make an interesting movie, because I think what movie audiences are also showing is, I mean, not only with Guardians of the Galaxy, but with Deadpool and... Um, and even to a lesser extent, Ant Man is that we're we're okay with low stakes movies in a superhero yeah. setting. Like 
we don't need it to be like, oh my god, the world is ending, what are we going to do? It's like, no, we can have a heist movie, or what is clearly just a revenge plot, or, you know, uh, and, and with Guardians, you know, it was, it, it, again, it's a straightforward superhero movie just set in space, and, you know, whatever. But what they had going for them is originality of the characters, they had a sense of style about them that was different you know, uh, you know, James Gunn is a very like good director, and he has an attitude and a style that works for him. And it, and you saw it in the trailer, in the posters, where they're like, "You're welcome, we're here." You know, like that's and and with the Deadpool marketing like that, it just uh, presented itself as something new and interesting. And that's what I would hope for DC because they have just as many amazing characters. If only they just had more than. Snyder making any kinds of decisions, or even, you know, to some extent, Jeff Johns, you know. I don't know. I remember, James, you were talking about Jeff Johns a little bit before. Oh, Jeff Johns. (laughs) Um, I mean, Jeff Johns has, he's done some interesting things for DC. I mean, because part of the discussion, like, we had uh, last weekend was, um, like, Jeff Johns kind of got his start in DC. Um, as just kind of like a writer slash, well, yeah, primarily, primarily as a writer. I don't think he's much in the world of art history. Um, I don't know for sure, so nobody quote me on that. Um, in case he comes to my house and tries to beat me up, because dude's in shape. Like, what the hell? Like, I expected that. But, um, but no, like, so, I mean, he got to start kind of doing writing, and he's the guy who, like, for the longest time, like, Green Lantern Corps, um, Green Lantern was one of those where we were all just like, his weakness is yellow? That's a really odd weakness. I wonder why that is. And for a long time, it was always like, I don't know, like, nobody really knows. There's a lot of theory, but whatever. Who gives a shit? Like, he's weak to yellow. Fuck it. Um, he, he is weak to yellow. The alien's weak to a, a rock. Batman's weak to, you know, mommy-daddy issues. Like, whatever. Like, we move forward. Um... He's weak if you break his arm, you know, whatever. Right? Like, the world moved forward regardless of knowing, like, the weird, you know, these these very obvious kind of painfully strange weaknesses. Um, And so Jeff Johns was kind of the guy who came out and he was just like, well, I don't like it. I don't, I I think we need to flesh this out. Mm -hmm. And to some extent, like, it it created some interesting stories, especially for, like, the, the Green Lantern universe in terms of, uh, the Green Lantern Corps, Red Lantern Corps, yeah, Chartreuse Lantern Corps, whatever. I uh, was clearly the probably the biggest, most significant change to Green Lantern in forty years. Oh yeah, in ages. And so I mean, and, and, and Parallax was was this really interesting uh, concept in terms of like it was this this yellow, <laughs> fear driven alien entity. And that's really what it was. It wasn't so much a weakness to the color yellow. It was more the weakness to fear in general, but that happened to manifest itself in the yellow core and all that kind of stuff. And so, and I mean, he, he fleshed all that out in, in terms of all of the lantern cores, in terms of what each lantern was. Like, green was willpower, and yellow was fear, and red was, I think, like, rage or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and even just, like, the way that w- if you are a Red Lantern, when you get the ring, it's like you cough up blood immediately. <laughs> right? Like, it, it was some really odd stuff. And, 
what was disappointing in the DC world is like that abomination we call we we don't even refer to as like a comic book movie that they called Green Lantern. Um, because like for whatever reason, whoever wrote that, and I have, and that's like I have so many questions about that movie. I would love to talk to DC about and be like, who gave the okay on any of it? Like who who was the guy who was just like, yeah, no, okay, sure, sure, we'll rush an entire saga of comics that spanned like hundreds of pages in the comics world across multiple like universes in the comics world mm-hmm. and we're just gonna just smash it all into one movie so nobody understands what the fuck is happening it's like yeah you know that parallax guy let's make him a cloud how do we make him a cloud <laughs> listen the greatest thing about that movie is it proved that not even ryan reynolds can make how jordan tolerable <laughs> right right so so well and that's the thing is like um it was one of those where so i mean jeff john's like you know he, again he he. When he came on the scene in his rise through, in you know, up uh, up through DC was mostly like he really wanted to um, flesh out a lot of characters. These like really small things um, that were kind of kind of strange to people, and they're like, "Well, I don't understand that. Um, why would that happen? How could that be?" And so he tried to like flesh out additional storylines um, with other people and everything, working together with them. And now he's one of the heads. Um, in DC as far as like making big executive choices and shit mm-hmm. um, which is both good but simultaneously like I'm sitting here looking at some of the things that are happening with Batman v Superman Man of Steel um, potentially what may, what, what we don't know about Aquaman or Wonder Woman or any of these things where I'm going so for a guy who's so passionate for a long time was so passionate about, like, really making these comics come to life and, like, really bringing the ink out of the pages, so to speak, for fans. Where is that with these movies right now? Like, is it, like, it, does he have any say-so about this? And if so, is he is he utilizing that power? Or is he just, like, kicking back with my ties on a beach going, at eh, bucket, whatever you guys want to do, I don't care anymore. No, he's doing specials with Kevin no. Smith where they just are like, Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yes, you did. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, total bromancing. Um, you, you know, so here's my thing about Jeff Johns. I can't... Like, every time he does something, I'm more confused. <laughs> and, and it's because... It's, and I think it's for a lot of the same things that you just said, James. It's when, um, when he first came out, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. He wrote the Barry Allen return story, right? Yeah, he because he did. Um, he started with Rebirth with Hal, and then eventually he did the kind of the oh, same thing. Barry, yeah. So yeah. I actually that was the first thing I read of it. Which was which um, was odd to me though because he started with the the Flash with with Wally because in interviews uh, and he was even on Kevin Smith's podcast. He said that Wally West was like his favorite character, and then he basically wrote the stories that ousted his favorite character. Yeah, well, but um, th- for me, um, I instantly fell in love. It could have been partially been because he was bringing Barry back, right? And I'm, mm. I'm a, Barry is my Flash. But um, the the other part of it was the thing for me about Jeff Johns is he writes very linear stories. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that there is a 
clear beginning, a clear middle, a clear purpose, and it may not always end because they're of the basic nature of comic books, but there's always a climax and like a purpose that's achieved in his stories. And for the most part, he that really works when you're writing true, like, good versus evil superhero stories. Um, and when, for me, when he's most enjoyable, that's what it is. It's Jeff Johns writing a, we're going to, you know, good is going to triumph over evil. Where it becomes less enjoyable for me is when it becomes, gets into the darker undertones and I feel like when we go back and look at some of the failings of the new 52 which of course we all know he was very involved in right Mm -hmm. I know Didio was kind of the ultimate decision maker but I I got the feeling I don't know if you all agree but that Jeff was kind of the creative like stopgap he was the creative lieutenant up to Didio I think he, yeah, he got he got roped into it. I think at first with Flashpoint because, from what I can tell, Flashpoint was not intended to change the entire DC universe, but then they they made it happen that way. So, and so, you know, ever since then, I feel like anytime he tries to like, and maybe maybe he enjoys it, maybe he doesn't. I really like to sit down and ask him. Mm-hmm. Like every time he's like forced into doing the dark thing, his stories just aren't as good. Even Blackest Night, um, which um, is, a, for the most part, a kind of dark story, mm-hmm. is still a good triumphing over evil, right? And it's it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But, so, what's confusing for me, right, is what is what is his involvement with Snyder? Because I get the feeling like he would either love him or hate him. <laughs> and, and that work, that those two working together is either a recipe for disaster or potentially if John's had the ability to like tell him, no, that's stupid, don't do that. This needs to be good versus evil type deal could actually be a nullifying effect to Snyder's otherwise like fatalistic tone. Well, yeah, and it's, it, I, I would be interested to see like what is that relationship in terms of you have, if Jeff John, you know, because Jeff Johns is basically like kind of in charge of all their media stuff, so he's, he's very involved with the television shows, I know that. You know, I I think he's, what, an executive producer. He's written episodes and everything. So he's very involved with, like, Arrow and the Flash and everything, you know, where he can be. But when you get down to the movies, it's really hard to tell if he's involved to the extent, like, has he, like, had any, like, look at the script? You know, is he just a producer? Or is it just, like, a in-name only because he happens to be... He's working for DC Comics. Like, I've, I've never seen anything where it's you know, Jeff Johns in the same room with Snyder or Ben Affleck or anything like that. So it's like, it would be interesting to get them in a room and be like, okay, have you guys ever even talked to each other? <laughs> like, Jeff, meet Zach, you know, make with the happy. Uh, so I, I would actually be very curious about that, like how much involvement he really does have on the the movie side, because 
obviously with the television side, he's very involved. Well, and he's most involved with um, The Flash and with DC Legends, which, Mm. again, are good versus evil stories and really good shows. Yeah. But I know he's, he's, I don't know, was he involved with Errol Early? I think so in, in, in terms of just being like on a producing side, I don't, I th- no, maybe he did write scripts. I think he wrote a few episodes. Maybe. Yeah. But there's definitely, I don't know. It's, there's definitely more of a, well, there's definitely more of a John's feel, the more that universe develops. Well, no, I think he did. I, I, I think he did write episodes because I, 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 pretty much remember you and I talking about episodes of Arrow and talking about and, and the fact that they spelled things out so much to people. Oh, yes, which he does. Yes, that the Johnsian way of writing, which is to just really not have subtlety at all. It's just, I'm going to tell you what's on the surface. There is no subtext, it's just text. So, But to some extent, you know know your strengths and your weaknesses no of course i mean that works for people it's a great introductory way of getting into comics you know if you're gonna do that through jeff johns he's he's very good at explaining who characters are it's just when you want anything else below the surface you're gonna probably need to go to like scott snyder maybe sure but uh yeah i mean i don't know We're, we're getting close to an hour and a half i don't i don't think we want to make this into a two-hour one but no i i think we're we're going to probably have a lot of analysis coming out of it i think the the most important thing is um snyder has to just not get in his own way here Mm -hmm. um which clearly is what happened with man of steel i think there was a he was trying to get to something he was trying to send some sort of message about the, the danger of Superman or the potentiality of Superman and he got so wrapped up in that message that he he got he lost himself in it mm-hmm. and um, you know Snyder does that Snyder makes if for me Snyder is like um, the artsy version of Michael Bay like you're <laughs> you're gonna get a beautiful thing uh, you're gonna get a lot a wonderful thing to look at like, yeah. Michael Bay is kind of like a Jackson Pollock painting, <laughs> um, where, um, you know, you get into, um, you get into Snyder and it's more like a, like a Picasso blue period painting, right? <laughs> but, like, there's, they're really great to look at, but then the story falls apart after, like, the first frame. Yeah. And and, it's, no, go ahead. The, the, I mean that the, I think that's where it really gets me is that because with Man of Steel, like I don't, I don't necessarily hate it. It's just that it frustrates me. It is it is a movie that had all the potential in the world to be a really good Superman movie, and in the end, it just turned into this thing that I have to look at and go like, well, I guess that's the beginning of a DC universe that I'm not sure. I'm all that excited about and really like just even going into this next one it's not excitement that's like that's putting me in the seat of the theater it's 
this weird kind of resignation, just kind of like, well, if I'm going to be able to see the characters that I love reading about, like on the big screen, this is what I have to deal with now. You know, it's not like with, with Marvel, which, uh, you know, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't read as much Marvel and that makes actually the experience a lot more fun for me because I don't know who these characters are, but I do know the style of a Marvel movie to a degree. I know it's not going to be a dour, you know, uh, color palette. It's going to be bright. They will fight in the daytime at, at certain points. <laughs> There's a, 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 a lot of humor that is involved, but doesn't take away from the drama. But with, I mean, and I know that this is only the second movie in what is their, you know, uh, cinematic universe, but with Man of Steel, it just felt like such a huge burn of disappointment that going into the next one, you're just like, oh my god, I I just don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, like I said, I think Snyder can make good movies. I believe that it's in him to do that. Um, I just feel like he has to not get in his own way a little bit. Yeah. Um, if it, it's like I when I go watch the second Ninja Turtles movie, <laughs> it's it is not with the intent of actually believing I'll enjoy the Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> Don't enjoy it because. I like to give. It's it's for the same reason. Like I want to go see fireworks. You give people money to watch a spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. Now, are you talking about the most the most recent Ninja Turtles too? Are you talking about the old one back from the nineties? No, I'm talking about Michael Bay's. Ninja oh, Turtles. okay, good. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm not going to watch it thinking, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. It's more like I'm going to go watch it because it's a spectacle, and who doesn't love a good spectacle? So right. true. So, um, true. so, but with Snyder, I do feel like there's still an opportunity for this to be good, even if it's not for him because of Affleck and some of the others involved. I, I like Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, Gal Gadot is. I have high expectations for her. I, there's there's so many uh, possible things. I'm actually really enjoying this Lex Luthor. I know not everyone is, but I kind of like him. I really want to see how that plays out, because from what they've shown us, I mean, I I think I'm going to like the kind of smoldering uh, Lex Luthor, the one that who's, you know, when he's talking to Lois or whatever. I think I'm going to like that version more than the one that he's going to put on for the appearances. Like, that feels like that could potentially get really annoying. Yeah. Mm. Well, and he's young, right? He's, yes. He's to be a young Luther, and young Luther, I, I can buy that. I, I, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, a movie or two down the line, what bald, aged Luther is like. Yeah. Does he really embrace that dark side? I just go read Azarello's run. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have that. <laughs> but, well, I'm just saying, Snyder and Eisenberg and all of them just go read that and mm-hmm. then put that on screen. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Jason, James, thank you for, for joining me and uh, talking about that. Uh, I don't even know what this really was at, in the end, but it was something. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be much more of a dissection of Man of Steel, but it's just like, you know what? At this point, what what are you gonna do? Right. What, what can you do? I mean, I mean, we can we can we can spend you know an hour and a half bitching about it, which you know uh, is quite easy. Which we've all done on occasions, <laughs> right? Um, I think yeah, I think definitely uh, in the future we'll probably have a lot more of an educated opinion on on being able to break this down a lot more, especially after we all see it um, sometime after next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be able to come at this with a much more educated, like thought process. Beyond, I think super. I, I, I think I think Superman's going to be basically the same Superman as Odd Man of Steel. I don't see a lot of growth in terms of the character myself. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Batman. Yeah. Fuck it all, Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> and for no other. Because I'm Batman. I would. That's that's what I really want to see at some point. Is them actually do like the superhero cafe kind of thing. <laughs> Or they're just sitting there drinking coffee. It's like, you know what I would have done to you? It's like, I don't know. You would have thrown a batarang at me. He's like, yeah, because I'm Batman. <laughs> it's like, I will freeze breath your face off. <laughs> uh, and we don't even, I don't think he's gotten freeze breath yet. So potential new power. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, all right, guys. But thank you for joining me. And um, do you want to, do you want to plug nerd nonsense at this point? Uh, yes. Yeah, so they... Go ahead, James. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Uh, so uh, primarily, JP runs that podcast, but you guys can catch us. Uh, we kind of talk about all things nerd. So occasionally we're going to talk about some things uh, in the movie uh, uh, television universe uh, regarding comic book stuff, uh, maybe actual comic book stuff, uh, definitely video game stuff because we kind of do all of that. Uh, so yeah, definitely check us out. It's a new and upcoming thing. We won't have a cast from this week. Uh, JP here, um, in case you couldn't tell by the sultry tones of his voice, um, managed to get <laughs> sick. And so that kind of delayed a few things. But uh, we're going to definitely come up with a regular schedule and start doing that more often. Cool. Uh, JP, anything you want to add? Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm a total fail. <laughs> <laughs> You're never uh, a total fail on this podcast. My, uh, well, it, go ahead. It, there's so much to talk about now, too, because we've been playing The Division for, what, two weeks now? Yeah. Then we've uh, got Daredevil now, and uh, we're going to have Batman be Superman. Mm-hmm. We've got oh, so Flash returning next week. Literally, there's going to be so many things to talk about. It's interesting because we ended up talking about, like, the one thing I think James going in would have been like, we're really going to talk about that, which is, like, fantasy fiction. <laughs> right, right, No, yeah. no um... I, but, you know, we, we, run, we do run the gamut. But I did change my Twitter handle. Okay. Uh, I went on Twitter, and I, I changed it to at nerd underscore nonsense. So okay. there's that. I've changed my name to the JP. I'm trying to be more like, you know, like Gail Simone changes her stuff like on a weekly basis. Yes, she does. You know what? She does it. I can do that. Ooh, I, mean, I, th- I think it's all about if you have the energy and the commitment to it. So. Yeah, but anyway, so you can tweet to me there if you want to put stuff on the show or talk about stuff on the show. Um, I'm sure you can. Uh, tweet row and he'll also bring stuff up too. So he will. Yeah. Po- he will potentially talk to you as well. Cha. Um, cha. Really. Cha. 
Gotcha. I'm totally bad at the whole, like, actually posting things on my Twitter. Uh, but if people engage me, I will always respond. Um, so, yeah, find me on uh, Twitter at Roman on the Rocks. Um, y'all can catch me there. And uh, the site is making its comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some issues with my prior uh, domain host, and uh, they're no longer a problem because I said, screw you guys. That's you how it <laughs> uh, You're like they're no so, longer uh, a problem because I killed them all. Google domains, <laughs> like that's who I'm going through. And honestly, like thirteen bucks a month, to, or not thirteen bucks a month, sorry, thirteen bucks a year to host my domain. So mm-hmm. it's still pretty competitive. Um, and then they have a free blog uh, thing that will like host your blog site and stuff, so you can create that. So it's it's in the build process. I got to bring it back because I lost a bunch of stuff. So that was really shitty. But um, yeah, once I get back up and running. Uh, podcasts, writing, bullshit, all that stuff. All the things. The things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm always happy to have you guys on, and you're just becoming such recurring panelists anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, thank you guys, and uh, as always, good night, everybody. Good night.